Hey guys, we have an incredible podcast coming your way. We're going to teach you exactly how to look great, feel strong at your ideal body weight. How? By teaching you about the latest innovations and the discoveries about hormones, the herbs, the natural approaches that will help you to optimize your stem cells, your mitochondria. Please stay tuned. This is a show you must listen to. Here we go. Absolutely. Epigenetics is where uh, through lifestyle and through your environment, you can actually trump your bad genes and you enhance your good genes and uh, th- this 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 is a huge new area of science of genetics and it, it it's real i mean it definitely is real we're going to go through a few individuals that i think are absolutely as close as you can get And uh, these include interviews that I've done and some other interviews that uh, I like these particular people. And let's just jump right into this topic right now. Let me bring us over with Dr. Neil Bernard, how to balance your hormones, which I believe plays a huge role in living to a longer, better quality life. Um, The reason that we went full on vegan is I gave you one example of fiber, but it's not all there is to it. Um, This whole area started being studied. Oh, 20 years ago, uh, maybe more, for, for cancer patients. Breast cancer patients have one thing on their mind, which is, I don't want my cancer to recur. Mm-hmm. Um, and so researchers have looked at dietary changes that reduce estrogens for cancer patients. And they found two things. The first is fiber, which I mentioned earlier. A high-fiber diet flushes these estrogens away, quite literally. But the other thing is fat animal fat, and even oils, vegetable oils, for a reason that I don't know the mechanism, we haven't figured it out, if, if I take a group of women and I put them on a fatty diet, their estrogen levels rise. Mm-hmm. And you can do both together. You can say high fiber, low fat, low, you know, high fat, low fiber, and you can see estrogen levels going up and down and up and down very rapidly. So we thought, okay, I don't want any animal fat in your diet at all. That means it's vegan, but we went a step further and kept oils low. Uh-huh. So what that means is that everything you're eating has fiber. Everything you're eating is from a plant. There's nothing in your diet that's not a plant. And so you're getting abundant fiber, very little fat, and we thought that would work the best, and right. it does. Right. So high fiber, low fat, whole, basically whole food, plant-based diet. So I hope you're getting to understand that direction. Let's go to Walter Longo and what he talks about in regards to the importance of avoiding excess protein and, in fact, going on a low-protein diet and avoiding sugar. Let's see what he has to say about that. It's very important to hear this. And uh, she was under 17 and still eating on her own. Uh And, uh, you know, she wasn't completely independent, but... uh, uh, mostly independent or mostly uh, you know able to uh, operate and do almost everything in, within in the house so I think that that's really is to live longer right mm-hmm. so just protein restriction um, so yeah so then you do the work in, in mice uh, and then uh, of course you do the work uh, with nutrition and say well if having uh, if deleting the protein gene and the sugar gene makes the organism live longer, uh, what if I just uh, remove sugar and proteins? Mm-hmm. And then you go in proteins to say, well, 
Do I need to remove all proteins? Maybe not. Maybe just certain amino acids that are contained in proteins. So we remove serine, threonine, and valine, three amino acids, and show that those were the ones, the major ones that mm. control mm -hmm. uh, the, the TOR gene, right? So, yeah, so then we started really having a much more sophisticated understanding of all the network that controls aging in yeast and mice, uh, but also... Uh, understanding of the nutrients within food that controls the genes that control aging. Okay, so we're really starting to zero in on the genetics, the foods that we eat, how do we control aging, and I think I have some rather astonishing information to share with you on, on this particular uh, area. For 48 and days straight, she ate... Here, let's, let's uh, peek back in on Nero Bernard on his story mac and cheese dinners that her friend gave her. So anyway, she gained weight, um, and she started to get pain in her abdomen. And it got worse and, it wor and worse, and it, and it worsened with her cycle in particular. Um, and so eventually her doctor did a laparoscopy, where you look into the abdomen with yeah. a little scope. And he gave her a diagnosis, and the diagnosis is endometriosis. That's where the lining of the uterus is shedding cells that travel up and implant all around the abdomen. And they cause pain because they swell with your cycle, but they also will strangle the fallopian tubes, causing infertility. Anyhow, a lot of women will have a trace of this. For some women, it is... Debilitating. Yeah, yeah. miserable. I'm talking about fistfuls of ibuprofen don't get you through the day. And hysterectomy is basically the protocol. That's often, right? That's what was recommended yeah. to her. Uh, and if painkillers and hormonal treatments don't work, that's kind of your option. And in fact, she scheduled her hysterectomy. However... Um, before she could have it, a friend of hers said, Catherine, let's try a diet change. Maybe this will help you. Well, she went low-fat vegan. Um, that was basically it and started almost immediately to get better, like, like, like you were saying, Rich, yeah. that, that it wasn't a long time. And week by week, she was feeling better and better and better. She went back and had another laparoscopy. So the doctor looked around in her abdomen and then sewed her up. And the doctor went out to the waiting room to find her husband and said, this is really amazing. The, the doctor said, her endometriosis has effectively disappeared. And her husband said, I'm not surprised. You know, she went vegan, completely, she completely changed her diet, and she's been feeling better and better and better. And the doctor said, no, 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 no. It can't be that. It can't be that. The diet doesn't cause any. If something was wrong with you, it would definitely be because of the vegan diet. But if something's <laughs> good, it can't be that. So it's really important to get this clear. When you go on a plant-based, oil-free diet, you're going to get the absolute best possible results. Let's uh, let's peek in on uh, here, here's here's an amazing gentleman, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Life. Let's hear what he has to say about building muscle while reversing heart disease on a plant-based, oil-free diet, namely presented by Dr. Dean Ornish preventing heart disease and reversing heart disease. I'm on the reversing heart disease program because okay. I have heart disease. Yes. And so it's very extreme. It's a vegan diet with the exception of, uh, mm -hmm. of egg whites and non-fat dairy. So yes. it's a low-fat, low-sugar vegan diet. Nice. And it's not easy to follow. And yeah, I've actually gone through his program and learned how to, to do this. So he's saying it's not easy to follow. I've been doing it for 44 years. I would agree uh, because there's a lot of other factors in, in, in the environment 
Um, but that was an interview with Dr. Jeffrey Life done about uh, six years ago. Now here's a, a more current interview uh, done at least uh, 2019. Here, let's hear what he has to say at this point. There we go, Jeffrey Life, about epigenetics and can we alter the way our genes are produced based on our diet and our exercise. Here we go. Absolutely. Epi yes. Epigenetics is where uh, you, through lifestyle and through your environment, you can actually trump your bad genes and you enhance your good genes. And uh, this, this, this is a huge new area of science, of genetics. And it, it, it's real. I mean, it definitely is real. And I've seen identical twins who have the same genome uh, one ends up with disease the other ends up being really fit and healthy and it's all because of their lifestyle it's all because they, the one that's healthy has trumped his his genome his 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 genes yeah the new studies show that that you can turn on and turn off genes based on how you live how you eat, your hormones, your environment, your environment, your personal environment. You create a better environment, your genes can work for you. That's right. And there's studies on that. There's, you know, multiple, multiple studies. And, you know, Bruce Lipton, I mean, I know you talk about him and you're a fan. He's laid a lot of the foundation for that. Yeah, the biology belief uh, and his use of microscopy. And I know you have a microscope after you trained with me and we put that together for your practice. You're one of the few physicians that jumped on the need to show patients their cellular health to kind of get motivated as leverage, It's 100%. Right? Oh, it's visual. You got to, it motivates the patient. It's real. It never lies. Okay. We, of course, do objective testing and get numbers and show them things. But when you can show a patient visually what's going on and explain it, now they're in. Now they get it, and they'll, they'll, they'll be committed. The compliance goes way up. Yeah, we have an online. Yeah, so Dr. James Lorenz uh, mentions blood never lies, and, of course, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. Uh, incredible, right? Blood doesn't lie. And Dr. James Lorenz is in the Michigan area. I trained him how to use our microscope. He's bought a second microscope. He's so busy showing people the results of the impact of their diet, their exercise, and um, many other factors. But I can tell you for a fact, and there's some questions coming in right now <laughs> that relate to, hey, what is it about this low-fat diet, uh, particularly a low-fat vegan diet, that makes such a huge difference? Let's go back to Dr. Neil Bernard and uh, hear what he has to say about the reversal of endometriosis, which is an estrogen-dominant condition, which I'm writing about in my newest book coming out. Uh, Dr. Bernard has a book, How to Balance Your Hormones, and that is related to an oil-free vegan diet. Not a fat-free. You can still get fats from nuts, seeds, avocados, oils, the whole intact. But it's kind of like we all know we should avoid sugar, uh, it's sugar that's been extracted from food. The whole food intact is good for you, like beets, but sugar from sugar beets is not. Same with oil. Let's be very clear. Excess oil that comes squeezed out of cold-pressed processes, such as the uh, invention where they could extract oils from olives, nuts, and seeds, it's just 
mechanically greasy. It clumps the blood cells together. But let's hear some more wisdom from Neil Bernard, MD. The doctor said there's only one explanation for this. This must be a miracle. So the doctor, I think, wrote miracle in her chart. And um, she never, uh -huh. she, she doesn't have endometriosis any, anymore. It went away. Um, she never had the hysterectomy. She has three children now. And in fact, she joined the Physicians Committee's Food for Life group. And Catherine Lawrence lives in Dallas and now teaches other women how to take back their, their health. Now, uh -huh. let me be clear. I, I do want to say a word for not everybody necessarily gets better. They're all kind. Life is not fair. And there's some people who may have endometriosis or cramps or fertility issues or whatever, where a diet change only does so much good or maybe not at all. Those people should not feel um, ashamed. Like they're not doing it right or something. Our bodies are fragile. Things go wrong with it all the time. Just like your car, it's not going to last forever for any of us. Um, but we've got some tools that are so cool. <laughs> and and my message and the message of your body in balance is let's use foods to get you into balance, not a pill, yeah. not something else. Let's use diet and lifestyle. I was just speaking with somebody the other um, day. Quite overweight, um, a uh, had a belly, to, you know, his, his man boobs like were forming. And then he started learning about balancing his hormones. He was into working out. He followed the Body for Life program where they do kind of like consistent, intense workouts. And you can see now at age 77, he's gone to more plant-based. He moved away from too much animal protein because he had coronary heart disease. He admitted and told and shared and warned people, be careful of overdoing animal product. Switch over to plant-based whole foods and herbs that are going to enhance your body fat reduction. Next. Okay, so I think uh, if we get it clear that the best absolute results come from an unprocessed whole foods plant-based diet without adding oils and sugars and excess fats but let's let's go back to Volter Longo uh, because he makes it very clear we must limit the protein the sugar and he alludes to the oil, but not as much. He's uh, not quite uh, in that camp of clarity, but he understands the need to cut way back on protein. Everyone is enamored with excess protein. Yes, uh, a question came up about soy protein. First off, I don't see a need to add extra protein just because you're eating a plant-based diet and you're fearful you're going to get enough protein because the protein within all of the plant foods meets your, so long as you're meeting your caloric needs, you're going to absorb that protein. But soy protein, if you're going to use it, you know, I would say the whole edanami, et et the whole plant-based uh, food itself, where you're getting um, without it being processed. Uh, there are lower fat versions of, of soy, uh, soy tofu and that type of thing. And people like it because they can make it into like soy burgers or I don't know, uh, soy lasagna. I mean, I'm, there's different recipes I guess I can think of. But the point is, um, it's really important to get clear that as you age, your friend is not excess uh, protein. Let, let's hear what uh, Dr. Volter Longo from USC has to say about it. And this also happened with the color restriction field, good and bad. You give something that is good and it's bad at the same time. At the end, it neutralizes a neutral effect. So what's the problem with saying eat low protein, go with the only population studies? The problem is that you don't see, for example, that you can make somebody so weak that their immune system shuts off um, when they're 82 
because they thought the protein is always bad. Another thing that is not bad, for example, and there is different phases of life, is weight. If you are overweight when you're 50, it's clearly bad, mm-hmm. right? Or obese. If you're overweight when you're 82, it's actually protective, right? Mm. So a slight, not obese, but certainly in the 25, 26 BMI, that's actually a good thing, right? So low protein, high, uh, moderate protein, low protein up to age 65, moderate protein, uh, vegan, let's say up to age 65, or pescatarian, fish plus vegan, uh, plus vegetable up to age 65, and they maybe expand a little bit. These are all tricks that come from really putting all these pillars together. You may not see by just going to Italy. Uh, for example, Italy, very few people, uh, Italy, I'm assuming Greece, uh, are, are very frail populations when they're old, right? Very few people know this. Mm-hmm. So these, these, these Italians that live so long in Sardinia and Calabria and other areas are actually very frail, frailer than the people in Northern Europe, right? And that comes probably from this continuing this low-protein diet and continuing this um, narrower diet that is so helpful when you're younger and now it becomes detrimental and makes you weak when you're older, right? So it gets Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. By the way, I don't agree with him. The lower protein doesn't make you weak. It's really the fear of administering, as we all age, particularly certain genetic uh, cultures have... Uh, lower amount of body fat genetically they have a lower percent of muscle density Uh, i'm of spanish surname i'm much smaller than say arnold schwarzenegger uh, but i've learned how to manifest my genetic potential i work at gaining muscle as i age to maintain a balance and there's a good reason for it but I, I actually like uh, this answer of uh, Rich Roll. He, he doesn't just roll over, <laughs> I'll pun, uh, pardon the pun, uh, when Walter Long was trying to push past the age of 65 or up to the age of 65 is a great idea to go low protein, go uh, uh, keep um, av- away from animal products and uh, avoid sugar. But then he says, as they get older, they're frail. And he's blaming the protein base, which I don't agree, uh, your body converts the proteins from vegetables efficiently, but it is a decline in hormones, and it is relative to a genetic factor. Certain races are more frail, and that's where I would advocate the intervention, like Dr. Jeffrey Life talks about, is doing plant-based oil-free in conjunction with herbs that stimulate the release of testosterone, amino acids, uh, peptide that increase the human growth hormone level because it declines very low as we age. And uh, we're going to come up with that discussion a little bit later. And I believe um, there's differences of opinion, but I want you to hear this here at this moment. I think you're going to find this interesting, what Rich has to say. I mean, basically, like like everything, it's more nuanced and complicated than we want to believe. You know, we want to reduce it down to one core principle that's applicable to everybody, no matter what age or how they, where they find themselves in life. Is there a difference between, so on this, on this idea that when you hit 65 and as you start to you know, move in that direction where your protein needs become more important, um, has there been any work done on the differences between animal protein and, and plant protein? 
I mean, you, do, you no. certainly don't want to be taking in a lot of IGF-1 when you're older, right? You're going to be more susceptible to cancer well, and the and like. Not necessarily, because now, and that's what we showed in the paper, the IGF-1 is so low because of age that eating high protein or low protein made no difference it's in IGF-1. Difference. So the people that had over 20% of the calories from protein and the people that had less than 10% had the same levels of IGF-1. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is really important to get clarity about. He's saying that the levels of IGF, it made no difference whether they ate a high-protein diet or a plant-based protein diet. You really have to understand there's a lot of misinformation out there right now, Um, even amongst the plant-based doctors, thinking that IGF is the main factor in cancer. When you talk to Dr. Terry Hertog from Belgium, he cites studies that shows low IGF have uh, people who live in a part of France, they're dwarfs, uh, they're miserable. When you give them a human growth hormone, they feel wonderful, they respond, uh, they thrive. So there is a point due to genetic differences that some people need um, hormonal support, bioidentical hormonal support. Um, I would like to kind of jump ahead a little bit more and then talk further about what what Walter Longo believes are the the, the key uh, uh, pillars of, of health, if you will. Here, here we're going to bring that up in a second. Just uh, let me bring this up. We've learned, uh, you know, into some principles that can kind of guide us in the direction of promoting longevity in our own lives. Like, what's most important? Um, I'm asking you to be reductionist after my my uh my speech about how we shouldn't be reductionist yeah yeah so i mean so you're asking about the most important well yeah i i just want to kind of move into this area of of you know what people should be aware of and some habits and some practices that they can adopt and also things to avoid so that people can be more mindful of you know how to practice uh you know these principles that you speak about for their own well-being yes yeah so then number one i think is a pescatarian diet why is that? Well, um, if you uh, are vegan, lots of times you hear people saying, oh, I ate uh, 30 grams of garbanzo beans or chickpeas. That should be enough proteins. It's not, right? You need about 10 times as much as that. I've uh, been vegan for 11 years. No, no, no. Sure. You can be vegan and do very well, but most people out there are not you. Mm. That's, what, that's my point, Everybody right? Everybody always tells me I'm an outlier. I'm not convinced about that, Walter. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm saying vegan is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that being vegan and healthy is much harder than people think, right? Because, for example, it takes about 400 grams of chickpeas to have enough proteins, right? And a lot of times, forget you, let's say we pick 10 vegans out there, right? At random. We pick the first time we can find and we start asking questions. I do this all the time. And you'd be surprised how many times you, you, you've say, well, you haven't had B12 in a while and, and you haven't had enough proteins in, in three or four days and, uh, you know, problem after problem after problem. So I'm just saying, if you're going to be vegan, great, but you got to pay attention. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think, look, I take a B12 supplement like, I don't know, once a week at most. I have my blood work done. It's fine. I go out and I do these crazy ultra-endurance races. I'm able to compete. I'm 51. I'm, I feel good. I've never had any problems building lean muscle mass or recovering in between workouts. So I, I think there's a lot of misconception out there about protein. And I think one thing we can agree on is that 
most people are eating too much protein. Um, there's plenty of plant foods that, that meet my amino acid needs. I'm not eating buckets full of garbanzo beans. But, you know, yeah. I'm mindful about it. I think I, I would concede to you that, that um, it's easier and easier to eat a very nutrient-poor vegan diet, especially with all the analog products that are coming out and people moving further and further away from, you know, sort of uh, nutrient-dense whole whole plant foods yeah i mean you know we, we're in the on the same, same uh, choir right so yeah. so absolutely i you know um i published on that and i got attacked for talking about low protein diet mostly vegan um but then again the um when you allow people to have a sufficient diet to the big population it makes it much much less likely that they're going to lose a lot of lean body mass that they're going to struggle, and also makes it less likely that they're going to switch back, right? Mm-hmm. So if you say, I'm going to allow you to have fish plus uh, a vegan diet, lots of people are fine with that. If you remove everything, then, then, then it's just uh, harder for people. Now, if somebody can be vegan for ethical reason or whatever, great. I mean, I think it's absolutely um, uh, doable. Uh, there are no, no reason not to be vegan. It's just uh, that you have to pay attention, yeah. Okay, so I would tend to agree with Rich that um, I think Volter Longo is making, trying to make a, a case that you have to, you know, past age of 65, eat a lot, start adding in uh, pescatarian or, or fish protein. He's not saying you need red meat or chicken or lamb, as, as you notice, he's saying, you know, fish. I don't deny that it's probable that eating reasonable amounts of fish, so long as it's you know free of mercury, which is very difficult to find, but um, it, it, it would probably be okay. But you really, what you're doing is you're getting caloric density because vegetables, which are high in fiber, uh, fresh fruit, which is also uh, very uh, low in calories, you know, you, your risk is not not getting enough protein. There's studies by Dr. Um, Walter Kempner where people were given only 20 to no more than 40 grams of protein a day, and they were in positive nitrogen balance. That's just eating rice and fruit. That was in extremely obese individuals covering for a year. Uh, I've gone and maintained as much as possible, as low a protein as possible, because I like the benefits of high energy. Uh, And it turns out that starch from vegetables and potatoes, brown rice and beans have what's called a protein sparing effect. Uh, what do I mean by that? I'm going to show you a book here by P.O. Astran, and it, it really goes into the performance factors, but let's, let's jump ahead a little bit further here. I, I want Walter Longer to clarify this, this issue about, uh, about protein here. here. Here we go. And meat. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm, I'm the first one that will say we're going to have an epidemic of over-protein or eating too much protein, and we're going to uh, find out the, the consequences very soon. Um, I mean, in our paper, we show three to four-fold increase in cancer uh, incidence, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and 75% increase in overall mortality in the following 20 years for people that were 65 and, and below. And even Okay, so he said a 75% increase in overall mortality by consuming meat and uh, four times more cancer. So it's without doubt that we need to uh, do what I call SOAP. Avoid sugar, oil, and animal protein as much as possible. If you want to follow the title of this uh, particular video, Live to 100 by Walter Longo. 
uh, as he professes in a book he had that came out a few years ago. Here we go. Let's, let's let him finish what he has to say. Even for the 65 and above, it was the moderate protein intake. It was not the high. It didn't need to have high protein intake. Moderate uh, was sufficient. I mean, in fact, in my book, I talk about maybe increase the protein intake by 20% when you get to age 65, uh -huh. 70, um, below the minimum recommended, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I do eat more beans, but that's just um, because when I'm training and I'm 66 years uh, old, um, I want to make sure that I recover, not that I need more protein, but more fiber and more calories uh, to sustain my activity level. Uh, most people, as they get older, though, they're not more active. They're less active. So you really have to kind of base that on that. But let's let's hear a few more wise words from Walter here in this discussion. Then again, if you look at fish, uh, and I have to go with the science, and if you look at most studies, fish is always on the positive side, beside the mercury fish, you know, the, the swordfish and the tuna, well, etc. problem. Yeah, but, but most studies are showing beneficial effects, right? That's why I have to say, even though some people could argue, well, ethically, you know, may or may not be the, the best idea. Um, but if you look at the science, uh, the fish plus vegan seems to be the way to go. Okay, so he, he's, he's trying to make a strong case for fish plus vegan as you get older past age 65 i'm not going to argue that there's a problem with adding fish if you've been pretty much plant-based most of your life but the problem is most people have not been plant-based most of their life they're trying to overcome massive amounts of plaques in their arteries high blood pressure uh, risk factors related to animal product um, dairy product and and uh, diabetes and so forth that was an amazing show. And now I want to put it all together for you. How do you locate these incredible natural herbs, organic, the best, designed to help you to improve your hormonal balance, give you energy, help you to look and feel great? DocNutrients.com. This is our sponsor. There is a special quiz. Please take the immune system quiz, and it's going to give you some incredible feedback and ideas about how to strengthen your immune system during these troubling times. Be well. It's 2021 and we're here to support you.